Tommy, why don't you come stand over here by this stool, and then Tay, if I could have you come up. Round of applause for these two, everybody. Round of applause. Okay, so those are yours. So I'm giving each one of you six pieces of paper because I'm going to ask you both the same questions about me, and we're going to see who knows me more, all right? So um, I have markers for each one of you. If you want to use the stool to write on, that might be a little bit easier, okay? So do you guys want to make any guesses of who might know me more between these two? Okay, my wife or one of my small group students? Yeah, it's probably my small group student, probably. Okay, so you guys are going to write down what your guess is. I'm going to write down the actual answer, and we're going to see who gets what right. Tommy, you ready? You don't stand a chance, I don't think. Okay, the first question would be this. What is my favorite soda? What's my favorite soda? Like, what's my go-to? Well, it, you, I mean, you might, but you might not. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, can, can you show the, the group what your answers are? Oh, that's, this is awkward. Because I put Dr. Pepper. Oh, Dr. Pepper. That's like the... You're right, you're right, I'm wrong, okay. Okay, we we're, we're all got zero points, we all got zero points, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting scolded up here in front of everybody. Who is my favorite NBA basketball player of all time? Of all time. Hey, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. All right, show the, show the crowd show the crowd your answers. We got LeBron and Allen Iverson. The correct answer is Allen Iverson. Okay, any 76er fans in here? Anybody? No. Okay, he's older. He's he's an older player. Okay, not the Lakers. All right, one point zero. All right, what is my middle name? And it's not Pastor. Okay. Maybe it's a trick. Maybe I don't have a middle name. Is it a trick question? No, that's not true. Is that your final guess, Tommy? <laughs> okay, show the crowd. <laughs> I don't know. Stuart. How do you not know that? We've been in the same small group now for like a month. <sighs> How could you not know that about me? Okay. Uh, two to zero. All right. What are the color of my eyes? All right. Show the answers. Blue or brown? The answer is blue. 
tummy. After all we've been through. Okay. Name a food that I absolutely despise. Okay? This can this is so wide open. This is so wide open. Or a condiment, or a canned good, or three just come to mind instantly, okay? What do you got? What do you got? I do despise olives. Mushrooms and mayo. I put mayo, refried beans, and mustard. But you're both are right, because I cannot stand olives and mushrooms, and those are disgusting. So, I'll give you a point for that one. But it's what, four to one? Okay, last one. When is my birth month and day? Don't, don't, don't throw my year on there, Tay. Don't put the year... Bunch of identity thieves out there. What's my social security? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. List my credit card number. No, I'm just playing. Tommy, what's your guess? Here, here. Look at my eyes. I'll, I'm going to send it to you telepathetically. Come on. Are you getting it? No, not that one. Not that one. You got it? I right, write it down. Write it down. The first one. Shh, don't tell him. <laughs> what if it what if it was today? Happy birthday, dear Pastor Way. <laughs> All right, show your answer. November third, May twenty first is May twenty first. May twenty first. May twenty first. Thank you. Round of applause for these two for their attempts. You, you told me everything that I don't know. I know, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you, Tay. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed, okay? You did. You did. You learned, you learned something from it. That was, that was a little unfair, right? It's a little unfair, right? But... I hope you'll see why we did that here in a second, okay? We all, we all have people in our lives that we could play a game like that and absolutely destroy somebody else. We all have people in our lives that we know more than others. Typically, there are our best friends, the people we hang out with the most, the people we play sports with or have class with. It's the people that we spend the most time with, right? But just because we know facts about someone, well, doesn't mean we actually know that person. Tommy, even if you got all of those answers right, it still wouldn't be fair because you and I have only known each other for a short amount of time compared to how long me and my wife have known each other, right? And so just because you know facts or stories about someone doesn't, mean necessarily have a relationship with them, right? For example, I know that 
Mr. Beast or Dude Perfect or some other YouTube phenomenon have millions and millions of subscribers. And they like to give away lots of stuff. I, I, I know that for a fact. I've seen it with my own eyes through a screen. See, I know that LeBron James plays on a basketball team that starts a regular season here in about a month or so. I, I, I know that for a fact. The schedule came out. I, I saw it myself. You see, I know that Taylor Swift is still performing in concerts and getting ready to release a movie about those concerts that people paid way too much for the ticket for and waited too long in line to actually go and see. I, I know that. I've read the articles. I've seen the videos. You have too. You see, I know these things about these people, but just because I know these things about them, that doesn't mean I actually have a relationship with them, right? If I, if I were to tell you when you first walked in tonight, hey, um, me and LeBron were just shooting hoops the other day, and he's, he's doing all right, you would not believe me, would you? You probably wouldn't. If you, if you did, it's because you don't know who that is. You're not, you're not a basketball fan, and that's fine. But you could tell that I'm probably not telling the truth because I don't really know him. I just know of him. I mean, think about how boring of a relationship that would be if we could only know things about someone but not actually experience them with them. I mean, think about it for a second. What if one day you and your boo got married and you knew that they loved to go skydiving? And for some reason, you want to go skydiving too, but you couldn't because you're only allowed to know what they liked. You couldn't actually do what they liked with them. That'd be kind of boring, right? I mean, imagine your future husband or wife is a fellow Swifty, and they got tickets to the concert, and you wanted to go, but you weren't allowed to go because you're only allowed to know that they liked going to the concert. You couldn't actually go and experience it with them. That'd be pretty boring, right? What if they got tickets to your favorite sports team, but you weren't allowed to go? Because you only were allowed to know that they liked it. You couldn't actually experience that with them. That'd be much of a relationship. That'd be, pre that'd be pretty boring, wouldn't it? See, if I just knew things about my wife, instead of actually being able to experience life with her, I'd be, that'd be kind of lame. But the beautiful thing about having a relationship with someone is that you get to experience things together. You get to go through the ups and the downs together. You get to enjoy things together. You get to have fun together. You get to do all this craziness together. See, just because you know something about someone doesn't mean you actually know them. Doesn't mean you actually have a relationship with them. And I think that's really what we're all after, isn't it? We're all after a relationship with the people around us. We're, we're after something deeper. We don't just want people to know who we are, but we actually want people that we can know ourselves and have a relationship with. We want to have people that we can trust in. We want to have people around us that we can depend on. We want to have people around us that we know have our back. And so tonight, I want us to think about what it means uh, not just what it means to know our friends and people around us, but what does it mean to actually have a relationship with them? And a step further, what does it mean to not just know the people we see, but what does it mean to know a God that we can't see? And so tonight I want us to look at 
uh, really just two questions, okay? So if you're taking notes, you're, you're typing things in your phone, you're writing things down in your, in your notebook, two questions, all right? The first one is, how can we know God? And the second one um, that we'll get to in a little bit is, why should we trust him? Because even with the friends that we have in our lives, I mean, we're, we're, we're really asking this question like, like, how much do I really know you? Because how much I know you determines how much I trust you, right? If you don't know somebody, you're probably not going to trust them. Someone you meet and have only known for one day, you're not going to trust you've known for 10 years. So there's got to be a relationship there. And so what I want you guys to think about is, is this question of how can we know God? How can we know someone that we've never seen before? How can we know someone who, um, you know, sent his son to die for us? I mean, what does that even mean? How can we know God? How can we know God? And I want you guys to think about this. That knowing God means to have a relationship with him. Knowing God means to have a relationship with with them. See, you can know God personally. Did you know that? As a, as, as a student, as an adult, we can know God personally. We can have a relationship with him. And that's how we, we know him. John 17 verse 3 says that, and this is Jesus talking, okay, this is the Son of God himself. He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. See, that's what eternal life is all about. Eternal life is all about knowing God and having a relationship with him. Your best friend, you don't just talk to once a year. Your best friend, you don't just hit up once a week. Your best friend, you don't just talk to when you're at church. So my question for you and really for for myself is, why do we treat God like that? If we have a relationship with God or say that we do, why do we only talk to God when we come to church? Why do we only have a relationship with God when it's convenient for us? Because, I, I mean, I've seen you guys interact with each other. When it comes to your friends, you guys would bend over backwards. You guys would sacrifice for your friends. You would go out of your way. And yet, for God to have a relationship with him, it's kind of like... Eh, that's just too much. I'll talk to him when I go to church. I'll talk to him when Pastor West prays. I'll talk to him right before a meal when I pray, God, please bless this food to my body. Like, that's a terrible relationship, right? And so to know God means to have a relationship with him, and we need to build on that relationship by, by continually learning, not just about him, but what it means to live a life with him. As, as me and the rest of our small group, as we grow together, we're going to learn more about each other. We're going to learn more about what we think is funny. We're going to learn more about what scares us. We learn more about how we learn and, and, and the things that we enjoy doing. And that's because we experience, we spend time together. My, my wife and I, we've been married for over, over 10 years now. And over that time, we've experienced what we think is funny. We figured out what scares us. We figured out what we worry about. We figure out what we get excited about. And why is that? Because we've spent so much time together. We've talked through these kinds of things that in our relationship we know each other even more. And the same thing is true with us and God. 
if you want to know God, we got to talk to him. Well, Pastor Wes, how do I talk to God? Well, you talk to God by getting into how he communicates with us. God has given us his word, the Bible, the story of how Jesus Christ came to die for you and for me and how we should live our lives because of that. God speaks to us when we commune with him, when we talk with him through prayer. God speaks with us, if you're a Christian, through the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of you. And so God talks to us, but, I mean, really the question is, are we willing to listen? Are we, are we willing to, to sit still long enough to listen and say, you know, God, I've run my mouth this whole time. What about you? What can I learn from you? Even right now, as you, you guys are, 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 are listening to my voice, think about, God, what can I learn about you? What can I hear from you right now? Because that, that's what we're here for. We're here to grow closer to God. So how can we know him? We know him by having a relationship with him. Having a relationship with him means that, I mean, we got to spend time together. So how can we know God? We have a relationship with him. But my second question for you tonight is this, is why should we trust God? I, th I think that's a big one. Why should we trust God? Once again, I've never seen God face to face. I doubt you have either. So how can you trust someone who you've never actually physically seen? Well, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why we should trust God. One of which is that we can trust him because we can have a relationship with him. Think about it. God has made himself available to us to have a relationship with him. Any other religion in the world, God does not leave heaven to come down for the people he is saving. Christianity is the only one. And so the fact that God came down and the Son of God, Jesus, died for us, listen, we can trust him because he's taken the first step for us. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's like you're waiting for your friend to be the first one to apologize over this, like, argument that you guys got in because, like, you thought the boy was cute, but then she was flirting with him, and now you're all, like, upset about it. And you're like, just, I don't want to talk to them anymore. And, like, you're waiting, right? You're waiting for your friend to make the first move to apologize because she knows she's in the wrong. And, and, like, you're just waiting. See, God saw the sinfulness in our hearts and knowing that we aren't good enough to, like, work our way to heaven, God was like, you know what, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to offer a solution. I think that's so cool, right? And so we can trust him because he, we, we can have a relationship with him. He's made himself available to us. Psalm 9 uh, verse 10 says this, that those who know your name, what do they do? They put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You see, Jesus came to this lost world, not to condemn it, but to seek and save the lost. And the psalmist writes here in chapter 9 that, that the Lord has not forsaken those who seek after the Lord. It's like, it's, like going, it's like going to your friend. You know you've done something wrong, and you go to them, and you say, listen, listen this, is pretty, this, this is petty, and I, like, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand this anymore. Like, we're best friends. Us not talking to each other, it's killing me. Have you ever had that where, like, you missed your best friend and it's killing you to be able to talk with them because y'all got in this, like, this argument about something? And so that's what Scripture is saying. It's like, listen, when you seek after the Lord, when, when you go to him, it's not like he's, he's over here going, 
no, not right now. It's not a good time. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't forsake those who seek him. Rather, he invites you in. Okay? We can also trust God for this reason because he is perfect. We can trust God because he's perfect. And so what I, what I mean by that is we can go into a lot of the attributes of God and, and some of his characteristics. But um, when I say that we can trust God because he is perfect, I'm talking about how he is, he is the, the perfect being, entity, person. Like our human words can't even describe him. He is, he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is, he is all-present. Some of you have heard these said about God before. See, we can trust him because he is all-powerful. Right? We can trust him because when, when you're friends with the most powerful kid at school, I mean, who do, who do you have to be afraid of? I remember when I was in high school, um, I was on the football team, and a lot of my friends were bigger than me because they were, like, legit football players. I was just trying to stay in shape for, like, basketball season. But I remember sitting at the cafeteria tables before first period had started. Everyone's kind of eating their, eating their breakfast, just waiting for the bell to ring. And there was, this, there was this one kid that was just running his mouth, running his mouth. And he's just trying to, like, just start something with me for no reason. Like, just one of, the, one of those kids, you guys have probably experienced them. You didn't do anything to those other students, and they're just they're running their mouth at you. They're, they're just trying to start problems. I'm sitting there minding my own business, little old Wesley over here. And one of my friends that was on the football team with me, who is a, a, a larger Samoan individual, he looks at this guy and says, you need to shut your mouth or I'm going to come over there and shut it for you. And I was just like, well, that's nice to have. And so the confidence and the security I got from having my, my, my big Samoan football friend having my back to take care of the problem, like, you're not going to mess with me when I, got, when, when I got my friend back here, Right? And so when I say that God is, per, like, you can trust him because he's all-powerful. Listen, God is bigger than anything you will ever face. God is bigger than any problem that will ever run its mouth um, inside your head or in your heart or at school or, in, or at home, no, no matter what it is. So we can trust God because he, he is all-powerful. Not only that, he's all-knowing. He knows anything you've ever experienced, but he also knows anything you'll ever come up against. And the scripture tells us that God never puts anything in front of us that we can't, handle, but he makes it a way for us to be able to escape it. See, God already knows what you're going to go through, and he's already made ways for you to either get around it or get through it with his help. So God is all-knowing. He knows what's going to happen. He's also, he's also all-present, meaning that he can be here. He can be back in my home in Alaska um, at the same time. He could be um, filling a whole room. He can be in one chair. Like, th th that's the thing about God is he is he is on a whole other level than our minds can even comprehend. And so it would be a lot easier if we could say, you know what, God is actually sitting right here in this chair. If we could just put a purse into him and just say, this is what you're stuck with. But really, are you going to put your whole life and belief into a God that you can understand? Probably, well, probably not. I mean, he might be nice, he might be kind, but I mean limited to what your mind can come up with. And so my, my point is this, is that God is bigger than your understanding. God is bigger than my understanding. God is stronger than anything you'll ever face. God knows anything you've ever gone through or are going to go through. So we can trust in him because he's seen it all. 
and he's got your back. When life comes, comes chattering in your face, God's got you. Okay? So we can trust him because of that. We also trust him because God is holy. Okay? God is holy. God is holy. What does that mean? The word holy means to be set apart. All right? So to be set apart means that you, 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 you don't conform to this, this one column, this one description, whether he is on a different standard. And so God is holy. He is not the same standard of which we are, but he is set apart. He is different, okay? And so Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, this is something that uh, the creatures in heaven are singing to God over and over again. It says, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. What, what, is that, what is that describing? That's describing that God, you were in the past, you are in the present right now, and you are in the future. You got, remember, God is he's all present. He's in the past and the future. He's even right here, right now. But God is holy. He is set apart. He is not, listen, he is not dealing with the same sinful problem that we're dealing with. Right? God is holy. He is, he is sinless. He is true love. He has zero hate within him. And so we can trust him because he is holy. You see, having a relationship with God begins with trust. It really does. Having a relationship begins with trust. Famous verse, John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How do you believe in someone? Well, you put your trust in them. Like, I believe that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Right? If I, were to, if I were to sit on this stage, I would believe that it's going to hold me up. Why? Because I've, I've, I'm standing on it. Like, I've seen it, I've seen it happen. If I were to sit down, yeah, it held me up. I'm good. If I were to believe that that chair would, would hold me up, if I were to sit on it, I'm putting my trust in that chair. Okay? It's kind of it's, it's silly. But if I were to, you know, grab that stool that Tay was using to ride on, and put my trust in that to sit on, it would still kind of hold me. But if I were to go get like a red Solo cup and say I put my trust in this, this cup to hold my weight when I sit on it, is that little cup going to hold me? Probably not. So why would you put your trust in something like that? And so to believe in something means to put your trust in. Not just blindly, meaning that, well, I'm just, I just believe that this, this little red cup is going gonna, is gonna to hold me up. That's silly, isn't it? So why would you do that? And so the Bible does not say that you should believe and trust in God blindly. What, what, what do I mean? I mean that you should put your faith and trust and your belief in God because of what he's already done. God has delivered people throughout history. God has saved people throughout history. He has always come through. And so John 3 talks about how Jesus has come into the world, that whoever would put their trust in him would have eternal life. You still have your Bibles open to John 17. Well, what did John 17, 3 say? John 17, 3 said, and this is eternal life. What's eternal life? That they know you, the only true God. And so John 3, 16 says, whoever would put their trust in him would not perish but have eternal life. They would know God. They would know God. And so eternal life, eternal life is this reality where in this life 
we have a temporary life. This physical life runs out, right? And so the Bible says that for each one of us, we die at least once. Every, every single one of us. Every person throughout history is going to die. But after death, there's either a spiritual life or a spiritual death. The Bible talks about spiritual death. Jesus actually talks about hell quite a bit in the Gospels. And so hell represents a spiritual death. What does that mean? That means a life not knowing God. Because eternal life is knowing God. And God is all loving, which means he's not going to put you in heaven with him if you don't want to be there. And so if you have eternal life, that means that when you die in this life, the next one, you have a spiritual birth. You, you, you have a, a life that lasts for eternity where you know God in heaven. You see, it's about believing in who Jesus is as the Son of God and as the Savior. I don't have this, I don't have a slide for this, but Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, there's that word believe, you trust in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What's that talking about? What that saying is that to have a relationship with God, to know him, begins with putting your trust in who he is. Who is he? He is the one who died on the cross for your sins and for mine so that we could know him. Because of our sin, we can't know God. But when Jesus died on the cross and he made a way for our sin to be forgiven, guess what? We can have a relationship with him. We can have eternal life, which is what? To know God. You can know God personally. You can know God personally. And all that begins with putting your trust in him. I'm going to ask the band to, to, to come on up. But as they're getting ready, I want you guys to think about that. That having a relationship with God begins with trust. And having a relationship with God results in eternal life. So it begins with trust. And the result of it is eternal life. So here's the question for all of us. What, what does this mean? What, what, what does this mean for us, like, starting tonight, going back to school tomorrow? Well, let, 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 let's think about this. First off, we can know God personally. We can have a relationship with him, and we can know that he is with us. I, I don't know if you knew that or not, but you can know God, have a relationship with him, and you can know that he is, he is with you. If you don't have a relationship with God, I would encourage you to start that tonight. Start right now by trusting in who he is. We should also trust God in the easy and the hard stuff. Why? Because he is a perfect and holy God. So if you're going through a difficult time, I want to encourage you with this, to depend on God's wisdom and depend on his protection. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, To trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Finally, we should trust God in this life but we should also trust him for eternal life. What does that mean? It means to know God. Have a relationship with him. Do you know God? If you can know him tonight, and it all starts with putting your faith and trust in who he is.